Hello and welcome to this podcast is rigged with JW Riggs. I am so excited for this episode. I'm excited for all episodes, but this one especially. I get to interview one of my favorite people who I interviewed once before. Ignore the chihuahua in the background. <laughs> and ignore my daughter crying in the background. <laughs> Mr. Bill Cott, I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. You're welcome. Uh, that's definitely the first episode you were on. Is definitely one of my favorites. So, and uh, we'll talk about improv and some stuff since I was in your, uh, I was one of your improv students a few months ago. So mm -hmm. we'll talk about that and uh, some other stuff. So um, I guess uh, jumping into this, let's talk about the improv class and how sure. I got into that. So yeah. Um, I guess it was New Year's Eve. I entered one of your contests on TikTok. Yeah, and that's when we had the drawing, New Year's Eve. Yeah, you had the drawing and I uh, jumped in uh, the live stream and then I found out that I won. And uh, I thought that was really cool. So I have yeah. improv classes. I love improv. That's definitely, uh, I learned a lot from that. And uh, with working in food and retail, mm -hmm. that's definitely something that. uh that I've used a lot with I yeah so um, I'm getting better with the with the quickness of my jokes. A lot of them are still really stupid jokes, but <laughs> it's a ratio, you know. You get to have a whole ratio of you can have a bunch of crummy jokes, and then as long as one of them hits, right. that was your funny moment, right? Right. right. And it's like uh, at my job when I'm at the register. And let's say someone's total is like 1947. I, I make a joke. It's like, huh, I can't think of a joke about 1947. And someone who was in line goes, oh, well, this person was president that year. And this happened. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> there you go. So I definitely, uh, something else I remember when I won the contest, the people in the comments <laughs> We're saying this is rigged because my username on TikTok is this podcast is rigged JW. So that I thought that was pretty funny. I know that was a little bit of trouble for you, but <laughs> it, it was because A, the name is it's rigged. B, we had met and I had already been on your podcast at that point. So it, it looked really shady. <laughs> and I blame it all on your screen name. <laughs> Yes, yes. Not yes. on you, just your screen name. Yeah, just, just screen name. And the podcast. So it's more promotion, yeah. though. It's promotion. Yeah. Good promotion. Well, somewhat good promotion. But promotion. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't good promotion, I wouldn't be back. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but uh, so, yeah, um, we talked about improv somewhat on the um, on the last episode, but I guess mm -hmm. kind of refresher for everyone and myself. Uh, how did you get into improv? I started doing improv because of my father, actually. He uh, introduced me to Saturday Night Live and SCTV, and I knew all these people had started at Second City, and I knew that they had gotten their beginnings with improvisation. And every time there was a new famous person, my dad would be like, you know, they're from Second City. You know, when George Went was on and Shelley Long were on Cheers, my dad was like, well, you know, they're from Second City. And so I was like, hmm. Uh, I guess I better find out more about this place. And then I was going to go out there right after I graduated high school. I wanted to just graduate high school and move to Chicago. My dad was like, you're not going to be able to do that because Second City is going to expect that you have 
a lot of common knowledge about, you know, philosophy and history and uh, religion and uh, world politics and all that. You're going to have to be aware enough to reference it and, you know, and film and theater and all these things. And so I was like, oh, OK, I guess you got a point, old man. So I went away to college, got a degree in communications with a theater emphasis. And then my senior year, we did a play that involved some improv in it. So before I even had a chance to really uh, start studying improv, I was doing a little bit of improv in this. Um, uh, it was a play uh, that was um, it's called uh, uh, Scapino. And it was kind of like a scripted version of Commedia dell'arte, which was mostly improvised. But then we were able to improvise within the uh, the structure of it. And then after that, I, I went to um, back to St. Louis, where my friends had started a troupe called The Network. And the week that I graduated college was the week that they wound up booking a headlining gig at the Catch a Rising Star Comedy Club. So it's not it's not typical at all that people graduate out of high school and start headlining at a comedy club <laughs> in improv, no less. But uh, yeah, it worked out in my favor. And so I started doing improv that way. And then I finally moved to Chicago and studied at Second City. My first teacher was Stephen Colbert. And so, uh, um, yeah, that's that's how I started off. That was how I got my, my beginnings in improv. That's awesome. I love Second City. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos and just videos in general about Second City. And uh, I guess um, I can't remember how I heard about it. I guess I just watched... When I was younger, I still watch a lot of it, like SNL, and I watch a lot of Stephen Colbert, and uh, I watch a lot of Andy Richter stuff, which I believe he was at Second City, maybe. Um, I know he was at Annoyance, for sure, and I'm sure he was probably also somehow involved in the Second City scene. So it's like, I listen to a lot of comedy and stuff, so I've heard a lot about Second City, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a great experience. And I'm constantly able to meet, you know, like years later, I was at the um, this was the year before they opened the National Comedy Museum in Jamestown, New York. Uh, but they were doing all kinds of like preliminary celebration and like the first exhibit uh, of all of um, uh, George Carlin's like material that he had like written down all of his set lists and everything in trunks uh, and in boxes. And they've, they've all been digitized now. For his, history, they've been prepared uh, so cool. and preserved. Um, and his his daughter Kelly Carlin was there, and then and then I was um, in the lobby of the hotel that everybody hangs out at there. And um, uh, just sitting down, and uh, all of a sudden Robert Klein comes climbing out of uh, one of the things, and I was like, "It's Robert <laughs> Klein," because I knew I knew he was performing there that night at the big venue. Uh, and so I was like, uh, Hey, Mr. Klein. Hi, I'm a fellow, uh, fellow second city, uh, alumni. I was like, Oh yeah. What year? And I was like, uh, 94, 95. And he was like, yeah, I was, uh, 64, 65 or whatever, you know, the years he had been there. I was like, Oh my God. It's like when you run into somebody who's a alumni of the same college as you yeah. only they're, you know, they're all famous comics and famous actors. So that's it's always kind of cool. You always have a, uh, when you're a Second City alum, you always have this sort of connection with people, no matter how old or how young. Because now, now you've got people as, as old as as Ed Asner, and as young as you know, uh, whatever top 
you know, uh, Chris Red, you know, somebody like that who's come from Second City, Chicago, and then, you know, come up through the system. So from from the youngest to the oldest, you'll always have a connection with the comedy industry. And that feels really good to know. That's that's awesome. Uh, Second City's definitely done a lot for comedy. I mean, I, I feel like without Second City, there wouldn't be a lot of these comedians. So that's true. It, or if not, they'd be doing something else. Right. They yeah. They would be, I don't know, um, working at like a Bassin Robbins or something. No, that'd be a fun place to get ice cream. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> as if, as if you needed any other reason to get ice cream. Right, right. It's not like I just had ice cream forty minutes ago from Bassin Robbins. <laughs> I had some thrifty ice cream from Rite Aid, which my favorite, and I so I was able to have my favorite ice cream just now Ooh. from Rite Aid, and Rite Aid. Um, uh bought out the brand known as thrifty thrifty's been around here oddly enough since 1947 really 47 earlier yeah <laughs> um uh so that add thrifty and so if you're ever playing in southern california to an ice cream crowd that joke will kill uh but anyway so they started out as the old old school kind of where they had a soda fountain inside the drugstore thrifty drugs so you know from the 40s through the 60s through probably uh, the eighties, I think there were still thrifty drugstores into the nineties when I moved out here and, uh, I just fell in love with their mint chocolate chip. And I had never really been a, a mint chocolate chip fan to begin with, but they have the same sort of chocolate chip as I'm sorry, I'm off on this tangent oh, as uh, uh, velvet freeze, which was a kind of ice cream, uh, chain that we had in St. Louis. And what they do with their chocolate is it's like shaved chocolate. So it it crisps and and melts in your mouth the minute you hit it. So it's not like the big chunks of chocolate. I know some people like that. I love the shaved little crisps of the mint chocolate chip. And then the extra coolness of the mint in the summertime. It's awesome. I love mint chocolate chip. Um, But I actually, my favorite ice cream is root beer ice cream. Couldn't find it for years ever since I was little. Uh, Kroger uh, actually just uh, came out with their own version of root beer ice cream, and it is awesome. I've never tried root beer ice cream, and I, I would amazing. I would imagine it would make an amazing root beer float. Yes, it, it does. It, it tastes like a root beer float, basically. And mm. putting that into a root beer float, it just a double yeah. root beer float. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that because Ralph's carries a lot of Kroger stuff, so they might have that. I was trying to uh, think about this a few weeks ago. I think like Ralph's, uh, Kroger and Albertsons are kind of similar. I don't think I was thinking they were connected, but I'm not sure. I think Ralph's is definitely a Kroger store. Um, I'm not sure about Albertsons, but I think they carry some Kroger items. And like the deals Um, are similar. Yeah. So, yeah, Uh, I've gotten on a on a tangent there. (laughs) Growing up in St. Louis, we had Kroger, we had Schnucks which is like a little um, toy soldier sort of character and, uh, and um, uh, Deerberg's, which was like when, when I when in the eighties, it became this big, like fancy where they would have like, you know, extra, fl- extra grand flower department. And uh, they also had scoop your own ice cream there. Um, cool. But then, but then they had the Overland dairy, which was just in Overland part of town where my, my dad and his, his parents grew up. And then I wound up going to high school in. And now there's no more Overland Dairies. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of St. Louis, I love St. Louis. I've been there twice. I actually uh, 
had the chance to go there with my youth group uh, in April for Six Flags. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, that was the Six Flags I grew up in. Yes, I love it. And uh, we went, I'm trying to think, uh, we went to a uh, pizza place in St. Louis. Just cannot think of the name of it right now. Was it Emo's? It was Emo's. Yes, I knew it. Emo's. I love Emo's so much. It's definitely in uh, my top five favorite pizza places. So Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I have Go back a- to St. Louis again. I highly recommend you try a couple other different St. Louis style. That's just like it's the same style as Emo's, but a little bit different. You know, with their sausage and their sauce. Uh, usually the same cheese, which is always uh, Provel cheese. Yes, I love pizza. I, I definitely I have a ranking in my head of like my favorite pizzas. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I just need to do a podcast one time, just like ranking a hundred different pizza places from. You should, <laughs> or or a TikTok. TikTok. That'd be a great TikTok. That would be a good TikTok. Yeah, um, and it could be visual too, because you could take all their menus or pictures of the cities and put them behind you. That would be cool. I mean, most of my favorite pizza places are in uh, Memphis, where I am. Well, so. yeah. Well, then take it in front of there. <laughs> so yeah, that that'd be interesting. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and then uh, I hope to visit once all this COVID stuff comes down. I hope to visit California. So if there's any pizza places there, oh yeah, <laughs> good, good. I I can guarantee you that two, two so two of some of the best pizzas that I've had um in LA are not that far from me. One is called Joe Peeps, and that's a New York style pizza. And then we have a um, I guess it's like a um, a satellite of the original Chicago's Gino's East pizza. And so there's a Gino's East pizzeria here where you can get that Chicago recipe of Gino's East. That's cool. And those, those are the two that I would steer you towards if you're looking for some of the best pizza of your life. You're making me hungry now, Bill. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need to go get a frozen pizza out of the garage now after this interview. <laughs> hey, I mean, I think Domino's is close and yeah pizza you don't need dominoes no, it's it's get a frozen one throw it in there yeah. dominoes is kind of the same i mean lately it has no <laughs> uh, i'm i'm sorry dominoes if if you hear this uh, i'm sorry we, we probably blew that dominoes endorsement you were looking for yep sorry i mean pizza hut is there though so. yes <laughs> pizza they'll probably sign listening. you just because of that yep hey pizza if you're listening i mean I'm not a sellout, but I do love pizza. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. No I don't, word. Sellout. It, it, it reminds me of uh, that scene in Wayne's World where they're uh, where he has like the box of pizza and yes, uh, yeah. I can't think of the scene right now, like what they say, but uh, <clears throat> I almost wore my Garf shirt for this interview. For those of you that oh. this is just audio, I'm actually wearing my Mr. Feeney shirt from Boy Meets World. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was gonna wear my Garf shirt, but I could not find it. So, <laughs> um, I love Wayne's World. Now, uh, speaking of Wayne's World, you did have the chance to work on the Dana Carvey show. Back to your career, since we were talking about food there for a second. <laughs> well, food is a big part of my career. <laughs> hey, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, Dana Carvey has also has always been a big inspiration for me as I've thought about getting into comedy and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what was it like working with him? It was great. Um, the um, what, you know, I was very nervous to meet him to begin with. 
because I was a comedy nerd growing up. So in my dorm room uh, as, as a sophomore, uh, you know, most guys would have a picture of like the, the girl on the Killian's red poster or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, some, some girl on the top of a racing car or something right. <laughs> or football posters, whatever. Uh, and of course I had Dana Carvey as the church lady <laughs> on my dorm wall. And so I was very much starstruck working with him. And, uh, uh, I, I think he respected kind of the fact that I was a little quiet and a little bit silent around him. I wasn't, I was never trying to pitch material to him. Um, I didn't see that as my job. I was hired as a writer, but I never like pitched material to him. Uh, I would always just pitch it to the, to the producers and, you know, if it worked out, it worked out and it never did. Uh, but uh, none of the sketches I wrote ever got on air. Uh, but, uh, except for stuff that I like improvised into, in, into part of a script or whatever. Um, and so, uh, after a while I got to know him a little bit better. And then when my family came to visit me, I was lucky enough to have my mom and my dad, my brother and my sister, my two nephews, um, all came and visited me in New York. And, um, he was coming down the stairs to get ready for the show and they were walking up the stairs uh and they were like there he is and he was like oh uh oh wait a minute there's a whole crowd of people here that i don't know and i'm sure that can be pretty you know uh like the one place where you think that you're safe in your office working to you know work working from one part of your job to another and all of a sudden now you're getting mobbed uh but luckily my family didn't mob him or anything like that and he said oh and i said dana these are my mom and my dad my brother my sisters my whole family uh, and he was like, let me tell you. And he said all these wonderful things about me, uh, right there to my dad, my mom. And, um, I was really touched by that. And then he turned to me and he goes, did I say anything? Did I say everything I was supposed to? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it when, uh, when like your quote unquote boss or like when someone like that has a little bit of that, like is over you and your job says that to your parents. I absolutely love that. So that's, yeah. that's great. So, yeah. um, but uh, Dana Carvey's definitely a huge comedy inspiration, as is yourself. You're, you're a huge comedy inspiration to me. I've been a fan ever since, let's see, Wizard of Waverly really Place came on in like 2008. I, I've been a fan since you were on Wizards. Wow. So. Awesome. <laughs> um, but I've always been a big fan. And uh, Recently, you were on an episode of uh, Young Sheldon, which a show I'm currently catching up on to watch. So mm -hmm. um, what was that like? It was good. It was my second episode working with them, and it was a very different character. Uh, not everybody's lucky enough to play like two different characters on a show, but so little of my face was seen in the first episode that I did where I, I played the, um, the manager of the uh, Red Lobster where they had the daddy daughter date. And so I was in that episode, but this one, my most recent one, uh, the episode that I shot here during this pandemic um, was the Dean of the college. And, uh, and I was able to reunite with my good friend, uh, Lance Barber, who's on that show. And, you know, the first time I was there, it was, you know, an open set, you could walk around anywhere. And so he just spent the whole time talking to me that day and he didn't have to, he's one of the stars of the show. He could have been, off doing something else or whatever. He made me feel just so much at home. And, um, and so this time, you know, I figured I might not see him that much because we weren't in the same scene and, you know, they're trying to keep everybody as separate as they can, but he still came over. He had, you know, we have to wear these shields and everything when you're, when you're off camera. 
So he came by and he had a shield on and uh, was standing on the other side of the hallway, but we had a nice long talk and caught up for that. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting the way they shoot things and you, know, you have to be tested so many times, you know, you test um, when you, before you go in to do wardrobe. And then I had to, t- I tested twice before I went to do wardrobe. And then I tested every day on set. And um, there was one girl who was in another scene and her uh, boyfriend had a roommate who had just been, who had just been tested for COVID. And so she was sitting in the same zone as I was. And so they quickly, you know, we had masks on still, but they kind of like took me over to a different area and kept me away from her. And uh, it's, you know, they don't take any risks at all uh, when it comes to that. And that's a really good thing. So uh, I felt safe uh, shooting that on set. And then I went on to shoot uh, an episode of a mini series. that's upcoming on Netflix. I can't talk about it till it hits, but um, that was really, really fun. And there was even more cautions because now they've kind of got it down to a science. They have different zones. They have the red zone, which is when you're at most risk uh, for transmission. So when our masks are off and we're shooting, but everybody there at that point had been both vaccinated and tested. Um, but, uh, and they, they, they took my mask away. Uh, the, the first time I did, um, do I have one of my masks with me? Here we go. Uh, this one, which I loved, I could wear it anywhere I could, you know, but it has one of these vents on the side and that's not acceptable on a set. So if anybody ever gets, um, you know, a chance to be on a show, don't get that. Uh, and I, and so they, they replaced it that day, uh, for young Sheldon with a cloth mask. So I brought a cloth mask to the, um, the first day of shooting for this other series that I'm doing for Netflix. And they said, no, you have to wear N95 and they supplied it for me. But, uh, so they, you know, they've got all these different zones of safety. Um, and they take a lot of extra precautions. Um, you know, instead of handing you your script, usually you'd get handed copies of your script. They digitally send it to you so that there's less contact between all the people. Um, instead of getting out and going to, to lunch, they, you order it, they'll go to the cart for you, get the food, and then bring it back to you in your trailer. Hmm. So. Interesting. That, yeah, that's very definitely, interesting. definitely a lot more layers have been added to keep everything safe. Yes. Uh, I like that on this podcast, I get to hear like the behind the scenes stuff of what's uh, happened in the past with show business and what's going on now in the current climate of COVID and everything. So yeah. because of people like you and... Um, my other friend adam wiley like uh with uh with uh some of the shows he's been on and stuff lately so it's uh it's definitely uh, really cool and very interesting hearing about this stuff it's good um but uh young children is definitely something that's like i watched the first few episodes and it was like hmm i want to continue watching that then i got really busy and then like ever since then, i've been saying i really want to watch that and just recently i've started watching it again <laughs> so that, that's happened to me with so many shows where I, like I start watching two or three episodes and then there's another amazing show. People used to say that like the 1950s were the golden age of television, but I think you know, not not many people are watching it on television anymore, but it's the golden age of entertainment right now, I think. And it's so specific. Everybody can watch, you know, like if they like cooking, they can watch a cooking show. If they like spies, you know, they can watch a spy show. It's whatever, whatever, whatever floats their boat. It's there for them. If it's they like quality. 
if they like law shows, there's like six or seven Law and Orders on right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oh, just that one variety. There's that many. Yeah. Yeah. If you like Law and Order, there's Law and Order SVU, Law and Order uh, USV, and uh, all of them. <laughs> um, Law and Order is a good show. Like. Oh yeah. Once again, iced tea. I'm not. <laughs> Dominoes might be after me now. Also, people from Law and Order. So, <laughs> I got to find my charging cord because it just kind of okay, went okay. Uh, my button. So let's if we could pause for just a second yeah, here. I'll, Sorry, I'll pause that for just one second. I must have left it in the front room. I'll be right back. You're good. Awesome. So. Uh, what we were talking about a while ago, of course, we were talking about uh, Young Sheldon and how the uh, how stuff's being filmed now due to COVID and everything. Um, and uh, as I mentioned a while ago, I've also heard some of this stuff from my friend Adam Wiley. And uh, so you were actually on his podcast. Uh, let me get the name of that real fast. The uh, Backstage Pass with Justin and Adam. So how was that? Both of them are really good friends of mine. So. It was fun, yeah. And those guys, those guys both, um, you know, they have such a great working relationship, and they're they're always, um, you know, chatting back and forth the whole time. And so it's like playing ping pong, figuring out where I get in on. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I play uh, really really fun talking with them. Yeah, I play video games with them, so uh, it's like that on video games too. It's like, okay, where, where do I jump into the conversation now? <laughs> and I'm supposed to be part of that soon. I just need to find a time when I'm like not not busy and uh, have the time to like get on and sign in and play a little bit. Oh yeah, that that would be fun. It's it's definitely a lot of fun. A lot of the conversations are very funny, but it's very much like this right now, where you could be talking about one thing and then you start talking about pizza, and then you talk about pizza for an hour. Uh, a lot of our conversations on video games end up like that. <laughs> um and uh, a lot of the jokes are uh, jokes about like uh when i had to wear the hot dog suit when i worked for the halloween store stuff like that so, yeah <laughs> as um i heard was mentioned in the uh the podcast that y'all did so i thought that was pretty fun yes <laughs> so i was i was listening to it one time when i was at work and uh, as i was um cleaning a popcorn machine or I was doing something. So I was able to listen, listen to a podcast for a second. I was like, wait, I heard my name. <gasps> they are talking to me. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was very interesting. I really like yeah. that. That's awesome. I like now that like I've listened to some podcasts and I'm like, huh, that person has the same name as Wait, they're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasant surprise, isn't it? I did that one time when I was listening to a podcast with my parents. They just kind of looked at me. And they go, "We know, baby, it's okay." You, uh, they were like, "You, yeah, it, you'll catch on eventually." <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I I love podcasts. So uh, definitely, their podcast is awesome for anybody looking for a podcast about show business. Uh, Backstage Pass with Jess and Adam is. Uh, definitely a podcast to listen to they've only known each other for about a year but with like the way they talk it seems like they've known each other for a thousand years so yeah. <laughs> is um yeah covid one of the one of the good things that happened during covid um 
there's definitely like a few of us we met through TikTok and it's like, okay, well, we're gonna start playing Halo. As I was watching Adam's live stream one time and he said something about Halo and I put, hey, I play Halo, thinking, oh, that's cool. That's that's the response I was gonna get. And then I got a oh cool. Okay, so we're gonna play tonight. Join us. So I sent him my, <laughs> my gamer tag and I told him I was like, I'm only 16. He's like, sure, we have people that are 16 play with us, play with us. I'm 17 now. So yeah. I've been playing for about a year in two months now so it's it's a blast it, it really is that's awesome um now uh one more thing i would like to talk about or a few more things of course uh yeah. but another thing i would like to talk about of course is uh i know i mentioned this last time i just have to mention it again you were humley and the doorman on um curious shorts yeah so i love curious george i just i always have to mention curious george so why not <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, it was it was a kind of like a wake up call for me when uh, when I wound up getting let go from that show, though, because I only did the first two seasons and then I bought a house back in St. Louis. Oh, and so, yeah, so they booked me for for the third season for an episode. And uh, I had my agent. I just had them ask, is it going to be more than one episode? Um, like, is there am I going to be in the next one? Because if so, I could just stay in town an extra week uh, because I plan to fly myself out there and stay stay with a friend. I wasn't asking them to expend any more money. And then um, and they said, we'll get back to you. And then they never got back to me. <laughs> and I called my agent and I said, hey, um, uh, they never contacted me. And she said, they what? And then uh, called them. And then she said, yeah, they, uh, they kind of cast a sound alike. Uh, and I read them the riot act and I was like, oh no, don't do that. And so since then I haven't heard anything from the casting director and who was also one of the producers on that show. So, uh, I think it kind of hurt my career just a little bit. So if I could ever give another bit of advice for people, once, once you make it, once you get on a show and you've done two seasons, don't buy a house in another town. And if they find out about it, they're going to think that you're a liability. Mm -hmm. So. But it was so fun doing. I got to work with so many great voice talents. Uh, Jeff Bennett, Rob Paulson, Debbie Derryberry, um, you know, Frank Welker, who I'd been listening to since I was a kid on Scooby-Doo. And Cujo. He was Cujo. He was, he was uh, Cujo? Yeah, he was the voice of Cujo. I found that out like two years ago. So I had no idea. So yeah, really weird. It goes from lovable Scooby-Doo and then Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I love all those voices so i didn't mean to interrupt there i just had to mention he was cool. oh no you didn't interrupt at all um but, but you know. no that that cast is just great and it's like when my niece watches that a lot of the times right now she's stuck on paw patrol and mickey mouse so mm -hmm. uh she loves curious george though as well i just put curious george on sometimes then she walks in the room is like okay you're watching this <laughs> 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 and uh i was watching it one time and uh i forgot that you were the voice of the doorman even though we've talked about it a few times and i was uh i was listening to it and i look at my sister i was like i know that voice she was like yeah you know that voice that's bill cott i was like oh I, it is bill cott <laughs> yeah, is. We, we talked about this a lot i was like yeah i know we have i just think it's really cool still <laughs> let, let, let me just add that was also after a long day of work so <laughs> a good day but a long day so i, I was tired and 
see, the, the cool thing about the podcast, you get to talk to all these awesome people. But then once I hear their voice on a TV show or something, it it like connects with me. And it's like, oh, I've been able to talk to these people. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's I know the feeling it's 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 a, it's kind of a different perspective, but I know the feeling because like now when I watch like the Oscars and I see like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who I used to tour around Second City in a dirty van with hosting and then like, you know, they're handing the award to, you know, Adam McKay, who I understudied for Steve Carell that I worked with on uh, Dana Carvey. And it's like this world is a smaller place than we think it is. That's you know? definitely the longer you're in this business, the more you'll see that happen. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it's both encouraging and humbling all at the same time. And uh, I hope to uh, continue this podcast for as many years as I can. So uh, hopefully I'll have a lot more interactions like that. Yep. And uh, I also plan on, of course, uh, I'm in my senior year of high school now, which is very i would i wouldn't say scary just like nervous like i'm almost at adulthood type of thing it's like in six months i'll be 18 stuff like that so um i do plan on going into preaching still but uh, i'm either gonna double major or minor in communication so i could work in radio beautiful and uh, i've always wanted to work in radio and uh someone told me a few weeks ago didn't even know i had a podcast or anything they were like huh you have a radio voice i was like thank you i also have a podcast so it's yeah it's just little things like that i just uh, yeah I'm, I'm very excited for the future and what that holds yeah you know my friend jay Kanzler is a um he's an episcopalian minister and he works in radio in st louis really uh on one of the top stations and uh he's also a film director he's directed several films he directed me in uh uh, uh marshall the marshall's miracle which was a dog that I did about uh, a film I did about a, a rescue dog. I've uh, I've heard that movie's really good. I haven't watched it yet, but I plan on watching it soon. I was actually uh, looking at your IMDb earlier, and I was like, "Huh, I need to watch that movie. It looks good." Yeah, it's a good one. It's fun. I get to play a much different character than you've seen me play. That's sure. That's good. That that's always a good thing. Is that? Um, I know it's probably different, but do you enjoy doing that? Like sometimes playing a different role than usual. Yeah, I, I like I like uh, taking a stretch. I also like to play, you know, within my wheelhouse mm -hmm. because, you know, if it's if the closer the character is to me, the easier it is, you know, in terms of finding the truth of the character. Right. Uh, the further it is for me, I need to do a little more searching and ask a lot more questions. So. Um, so I, I do like that stretch. I do like to be able to be thought of different ways. And, you know, I'm doing a few more, you know, bad guy roles and things like that as time goes along and i do enjoy those but not as much as i do playing characters that are just goofier and closer to myself now uh when will we see like a tom cruise type of mission impossible movie with you <laughs> never uh, unless i'm the big diamond villain or something like that <laughs> like uh dr evil type of character exactly you might see me as that but you, you will not see me working to get into top shape so i can be dangled upside down and cross a laser wire. Hey, I'm picturing that now, though. That would be hilarious. That would be awesome. I'm definitely uh, something to look forward to. True. <laughs> and with CGI now, uh, you could. I think you could be able to do that. They want it like a lot of like, you wouldn't have to like go through like imaginary. I mean, you still have to go through imaginary lasers, but with CGI now. 
Yes, it's true. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I think uh, we still have a few more minutes. So is there anything else you would like to talk about or maybe even promote? Uh, before yeah, um, I'm doing a, I'm doing classes now. Uh, obviously, you know about improv trick, so the improvtrick.com. But also through improv trick now, I'm teaching sketch writing classes uh, with my teaching partner Eric Hoffman. And Eric worked for uh, Mr. Show and and uh, uh, on HBO and uh, Bob and with Bob and David on Netflix. Uh, he wrote the film Girlfriend's Day, and he co-wrote the book. Um, um, oh, why am I forgetting? It's a hilarious book. Uh, Comedy by the Numbers. He and uh, Gary Rudoran wrote that. And it's really funny. It's a parody of how-to comedy. And so uh, Eric has been, you know, a friend of mine for decades and decades. Uh, we both came up through the Chicago system. Uh, Eric was one of the top performers over there at the Annoyance and um, you know, went on to write on Mr. Show, like I told you. And, um, and then, so we started this group called, uh, the Dickie Bell Twist Dance Party. And, uh, we're actually doing a live reunion. We're not going to be performing any of those sketches, but it's a live reunion. I got to look here on my calendar to tell you, uh, exactly when it's happening, but it would be August 29th at, uh, 8 PM Pacific. So pretty late on your end but uh it'll be uh it'll be on the improv trick facebook page and then uh, later we'll have it on our youtube channel uh which is sketch house awesome sounds uh sounds good to me something i'll definitely look for and uh one more thing uh for one thing i want to tell you thank you uh for supporting the podcast being on the podcast and i hope to have you back in a few months but uh one other thing uh, it is coming up on, I did not mean to interrupt, but it is coming up on September and uh, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And um, something that's very close to me uh, is my best friend, uh, I guess, four years ago last week, uh, passed away because of cancer and uh, my brother beat cancer. So it's definitely uh, something that's very close to me. And uh, the awareness for it isn't always as there as much as it should be so it's definitely something uh, i would like my audience and everything to go gold on their social media and uh, put the uh, gold ribbon as much as they can in the month of september and uh, throughout the rest of the year so hopefully one day we could see more gold merchandise and stuff that'd be great it's uh, something that's very the word thank you thank you uh something that's very close to my heart so um well thank you so much phil i've appreciated this so much had a great conversation uh love pizza and i love ice cream so <laughs> uh i think uh well thank you so much and thank you everyone for listening